Hey folks, I know that we promised a couple of interviews, but the way things shook out, you've only got one. Kyle did it with Josh Douglas. It is, dare I say, extremely good. They cover a whole variety of topics from Chickamauga to Champlain to Ned Riggs, and you're going to enjoy the listen. Anyhow, there's that. We're at Chick this week. FLW Live is on the weekend. Weigh-ins are every evening. It's going to be great, so... Tune on in. FLWFishing.com is your home for that. And uh, with that, here are Kyle and Josh Douglas. All right. Join us this week on the FLW Podcast. We're down here at Lake Chickamauga. We have Josh Douglas, fellow Minnesotan, I should say, Josh Douglas. Yes, sir. Uh, Josh, first off, you're having a fantastic year, so I want to congratulate you on that. We're almost done with the season. Um, One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was because I know – you got some Tennessee blood in you, yeah. right? You moved down here for a while. Uh, you spent a lot of time in and around these parts and really kind of sampled Tennessee River. I thought it was also a good tie-in because last year, Kentucky Lake, you made the top 10. Yes, sir. Um, so I just feel like I got a Douglasy vibe about this event. And uh, really, I guess just kind of give me, maybe even first and foremost, let's back up a little backstory because I mentioned you're from Minnesota. Just tell us about how like you wound up getting down here and now you and your wife Bree just travel around in the camper. Yeah, uh, well, <clears throat> you know it's the Tennessee River, and when when I moved down here, I I wanted to learn how to ledge fish, and Chickamauga was like just kind of barely getting known as a yeah. big fish factory, and so everyone had moved to Gunnersville or Kentucky Lake or something like that, yep. and this being so close to Chattanooga, we just decided we kind of liked the area. Uh, we had lived in Florida for a little bit too, to and traveled through, you know, over yep. like Nickajack there, and just kind of fell in love with this area. And uh, how could you not? Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Yep. Yeah. And and you know, we're always going to be on a TVA factory at some point in time during for the sure. season. So to, sure. just like Florida, we're almost always going to go to Florida. So just to learn the TVA uh, was pretty important to me. And, and we were here for about two years and really really enjoyed our time. Oh, we got, got a Sam George popping in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and. I feel like, you know, we kind of saw some of that last year, right? And I think, especially in this day and age in bass fishing, you know, 10 years ago it used to be like you had to be from somewhere around the Tennessee River because you had to know this ledge game. No doubt. Myself and obviously you, Seth Fighter, Andy Young, Austin Felix, Mm -hmm. Minnesota guys, Mm -hmm. like there's a lot you can learn at home that can teach you kind of how to fish down here, but you still need to get down and experience it for no yourself doubt. so it's like I, to me looking at you i just feel like you had a pretty good base of kind of the understanding what to do reading your electronics mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and then it's just more or less time on the water to really know what you're looking for how fish set up because it it's different than home in that regard right oh definitely you know growing up fishing lake minnetonka oh, uh, yeah. set me up for structure fishing mm-hmm. and liking to do it um the, the Chickamauga doesn't have a ton of grass right now, but generally it does have a lot of, yes. of, of grass. So, to, you know, all that kind of helps. But it's also like the Lake Minnetonka meets the Mississippi River and two different factories up north that I yep. like them both. But you got to like time in together because now you got to add in shad and gizzard shad is a yep. big one here on the TVA. And then and then that current flow and stuff like that and how important it is. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, Chickamauga is a good ledge factory. It really can be. Um, probably not the best one on the whole TVA, to be For honest sure. with you. For a sure. lot of community holes, stuff like that, educated yep. fish. But, um, you know, no doubt just being down here and understanding what those big fish want to eat. Because when you come to Chickamauga, you just have to target big ones. It's just what you have to do. That Otherwise, you're just not fishing for the right fish. And so to know what they're eating, where they're eating, and, and what they're doing, I think is definitely, in a, to, a, to a degree, it's an advantage for sure. Well, and, and clue me in on this a little bit, too, because Jody and I were talking, and Chickamauga is also unique in that, like, the shallow bite. Yeah. can be really good for a lot longer than it can be on other on other Tennessee River lakes. No um, doubt. And I guess we could even tie that into maybe what's going on this week or at least what you've seen. Um, but just the the grass obviously factors into that, uh, whatever is still around. I mean, yep. you got backwaters, you got tons of docks. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like it really does. Like when you drive around Chickamauga and you look at stuff, you're like, that looks like there should be a bass over there. Whereas like yep. if you drive down Kentucky – the water's not in the bushes you're just kind of like uh exactly i guess they're out here somewhere you know no doubt and and this this week in particular i mean there's of course there's there'll be a hometown advantage i'm not that hometown when when i moved here i was just starting to fish some coasts and some opens and stuff i've technically only fished one uh tournament on this lake before and that was a an open like two years ago i did do well Mm -hmm. kind of the same time of year um but yeah definitely right now it's i don't know how it's going to win like john cox super scares me out here (laughs) and then and then uh, you can go the other way and and ledge guys can can take it Mm -hmm. and then there's everything in between you can win it just straight up shallow right now and i think the difference in this factory on the tva is that they're florida strains Yes. So naturally, I think some of those big fish prefer that that shallower water. And right okay. now, you still got a lot of spawning going on. You got post spawn. You got bluegills moving up. You have fish thinking about coming out to the ledges. And in typical TVA fashion, they get there yep. pretty quick. Yep. So there's just so many options to do. I know. I know. I got way too many rods in the deck of the boat for me <laughs> to necessarily love what's going on. But there's so many different ways that a person can win. And, and no, honestly, you might need to get pretty versatile in this one to win this tournament. That's a great point because <clears> I was going to ask if this is an event where like could you lock in on one thing and carry you through four days with it like could you commit to the shallow thing or is that going to fade as we go on because the weather's going to be pretty nice yeah uh as we go through the event uh or will you just like today i caught them off beds tomorrow i caught them on like a floating worm or something the Mm -hmm. next day i caught them a little deeper the weird thing i guess also with chickamauga that we've pointed out but i feel like i should just at least reiterate is it's not the offshore stuff here doesn't necessarily always happen out in the main river either no um like if you look at when Wooly won here last time mm-hmm. like i mean he was in uh was he in chester frost is that where he was i, I don't remember but yeah what i mean the creeks the creeks play yeah big yeah time. um but yeah well you have to adapt every day or can you kind of say that offshore thing's my deal that's what I'm sticking to the entire event or on the flip side, I'm staying shallow the entire event. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I know I'm not, I got, I'm all over the place. I'm, <laughs> I'm moving, I'm moving water and I'm definitely fishing deep to mid range to spawners to everything in between, sure. you know, whatever I feel like I have to do to try to mix it up. Of course, in my nature, I would like to find a couple holes that I can just sit and right. drill them similar to Kentucky Lake, you know, but there is some feelings, here of that because sometimes those offshore schools here are tough to catch especially they're coming off post spawn right now they're not pulling all that much water and they don't have that much competition if you get a lot more fish out there they seem to want to bite uh so you know i i haven't found any one thing that i feel like i can lean on but i'm definitely 
you know, intimidated by the guy that feels that he has that one thing that he is going to do. Right. And if it works, I think that's how you, how you're going to end up winning. Whether that's a patch of grass nobody knows about, whether that's a a little sneak hole or a ledge or something like that, or like I said, somebody like John Cox or one of these sight fishermen that are notoriously good at it, that I'm sure he put you know 13 hour days looking for him and probably has a whole bunch of them to look for. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the one. I wish I had a little bit more. Like this is what I'm going to do. Uh, in my case, I need to show up and some of those nice bites that I got, they need yep. to keep biting and stuff like that for that to happen, or I'm going to be like everyone else and scramble and kind of run around. And that's, like I said, the, the advantage right now is I think a guy can top 10 shallow, a guy can top 10 on yeah. beds and, and out on the ledges. So, uh, but I, I know for me to do really well on it, I think I'm going to have to be versatile every day to, uh, okay. to catch them for sure. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting with Chickamauga is generally speaking, this lower end of the lake. Uh, well, not where we are here, but the lower end of the lake is where a lot of that offshore stuff is. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of have like the riverine kind of section, sure. right? You got a some lot backwaters of and stuff. Yep. And then really from like Dayton up, it's just really like a river. River. Um, yeah. How much did you sample all the sections of the lake, or did you kind of like pick an area and soak in it and figure everything going on in that spot? Yeah, I mean, being I, I did have success here two years ago in the, in that tournament. You know, a similar time of year, I really wanted that to to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a, a stretch of river, but it's a big stretch that I'm fishing. I okay. mean, I I kind of know it just from living here, knowing sure. what everything looks sure. like and how how it's going to fish. Uh, but once you know, for me and and just kind of lately in the last c- couple years on tour, just if I if I start getting bites in in an area, I'm going to try to keep my I'm going to always be thinking where I'm coming and going from, oh, and I if it's going to make sense. You know, I th- my rookie year three years ago, I did a lot of sampled all over the lake. Mm-hmm. One day here, one day there, one day there, regardless of how each day went and then all of a sudden i have waypoints stretched out within an hour of each other constantly and always felt like i had to go somewhere else so in in this one you know i I definitely have my stretch that i'm going to fish but it's a big one you know i'm I'm fishing three quarters of the of the river i plan on fishing and then you know i could show up like i said on kentucky lake and show up on one on my second spot or something and just never leave that again you know that would be sweet but i think i'll be moving and running around quite a bit i uh i guess i I feel like I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just because it is a thing. Did you look at Watts Bar at all? Uh, no, I, oh. I, I never did. I, the, one, I've never been on Watts Bar, so really? like I'm not. No, There's big smallmouth. Yeah, no, I know, and it's, <laughs> and I thought about it last. It was funny coming in last night. I pushed it right up till 8:20 to get off the water, yep. just trying to see everything I could. Uh, seeing if any of them schools are getting any bigger, just stuff like that. And I pushed it, and on my way up, I was thinking, you know. It, it, it's going to take mega weight here. It yes. is just because Chickamauga, but there is a lot of post spawn going on, so it could be a little bit more. Not not necessarily a grinder, but just to get on those big school or big sure. an area that's going to produce a lot of fish or a lot. Of, you know, they they could be with a couple hot days. And I thought about it. I'm like, man, somebody who went up to Watts Bar might be one of only a few boats that actually, you know, you come in here thinking I'm not going to Watts Bar when it's going to get one on Chickamauga. And I, w- I want to win. That's my biggest goal is to try to win yep. every tournament I come to. So I'm going to try to fish in the areas that I feel can win. But it might be a pretty easy way to get a paycheck because I know Watts Bar is the next Chickamauga. So it, it might show up. But for me, I wasn't going to kill a day to go up to go up there on a place that I wouldn't even have a clue where to start from the get-go. It does seem kind of weird to come to Chickamauga and not fish Chickamauga knowing what lives in there. But your point of, like, the pressure factor, like, Chick is kind of small. Now, with fish everywhere, Mm -hmm. it'll spread out a little better than it It would when we've been here in June. But 
uh, yeah, that's the one thing I just I've kind of asked several guys like. Did you look at Watts Bar? Because you're right. Like, 100%, you could cash, you could make a top 30. Easy. Maybe even top 10. I don't know. You know what it, I mean? But you could it. top 30 for sure up there and have, and not, you know, if they're fishing like they can, like at times I've seen it on Chick, man, you could, you could really yeah. have a lot of water to yourself up there. So I, I'm definitely interested to see, you know, who goes up there and what happens. Uh, but for the most, no, I never, I never looked at it once. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, well, I guess. Uh, moving off of kind of the Chickamauga thing, mm-hmm. uh, we could glance ahead to Champlain, the sure. final event of the year. Uh, it'll be like fishing home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess first and foremost, thoughts, feelings on Champlain. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> these were the two I was most because Sammy I was pretty excited yep. about when I saw it on the schedule. And you nailed uh, that. Yep. And yep. then and then uh, Chickamauga and Champlain. The you know Cherokee I didn't know because I'd never been there. I knew it was small mall, so I was excited. It was like yep. they all end in CH, so I was kind of like these, <laughs> the, the CHs those. But and, and Cherokee worked out you know well, and I got a little bit lucky that I kind of got on one thing then to another. So looking at Champlain, I'm pretty know what what'll hap- what's going to take. To get there, yep. I know there'll be smallmouth on beds, and there's going to be small mollies, smallies moving around. Largemouth could play. We're a little bit later than we usually go there, yep. but it was a tough winter, so we'll see how far along everything is. But, you know, I, I know I'll be guiding for three weeks straight, a month straight, leading up to Champlain, and I'll be right. dealing with smallmouth, so I'm pretty excited uh, to, to get to Champlain and try to, try to seal the deal and try to make the cup. Well, uh, I mean, you're absolutely in good shape. Like you said, these two that you're looking forward to the most, uh, you keep it going straight here. I think we will be seeing you at the Cup. Um, I kind of do want to bring up the guidance thing. Well, there's two things. I want to mm-hmm. talk about Ned Brig, yeah, namely the Ned Head. Sure, yep. Uh, but also just guiding in general in Mille Lacs, just especially for the folks listening, um, give us a little bit about, like, you know, you do eventually settle down. Like I said, you and Bree and Lutzen, your dog, yep. uh, travel around in the camper for the mm-hmm. tour season, but you do get back home and you sure. do work, you guide yeah. there yep. uh, on Mille Lacs. Just tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I started as a guide. I was a bartender that night, and I guard, guided during the day to make this to make this happen <laughs> and come up with the money to start fishing state level and all that. And uh, I truly do, you know, the hospitality, able to talk to people with bartending, you have to. It was just natural for me with guiding. For sure. I really enjoyed it. And I just kind of built up. I don't have the time like I used to before, but now I kind of got such a, a good clientele of people that I'm looking for and stuff like that that are looking for a good guide on Mille Lacs, and I'm just so happy to have one of the best smallmouth factories in the in the world yeah. in my backyard. Yeah. Now, you know, we moved up there, and, and basically once Bree left corporate America and I stopped bartending and all that, and we got the camper, it was we didn't need the city and the price that comes to live in the city. Absolutely. And I didn't have to drive two hours no more from the city up to <laughs> Mille Lacs, so we just moved up there. Life's a lot cheaper, and uh, and and it's awesome. And it's it's a it's a fantastic fantastic fishery and guiding something that I honestly, you know, you see a lot of a lot of guys will do it to make money, and then once they get going with sponsorships and stuff, they kind of get yeah, away from it. Push it away. I actually, it's one thing that I like the most. I like watching people smile and catch big fish and. Uh, you know the the people that I meet stuff like that. So I I really do look forward to the the guiding season and stuff like that. out on Malax, but the lake makes me look good. You know, no doubt. <laughs> right, right. It is. No it doubt. is a pretty sweet place. Yeah. Uh, how long do you guide? Uh, you start May, end of May, early June. Yeah. Whenever uh, I'm home in the season, I'll guide. You know, I mean, I I, I book pretty early. Like I only do out of state trips, and that's only because. You know the city's so close, and yep. I don't really. You know, I I did that when I when I really needed trips and stuff like that to try to make ends meet. And yet, you know, I'm still seeing 
people on those same spots and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. it's a way for me to bring in. I don't compete then with the local guides, nothing yep. like that. I basically just advertise through Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. And then, and then, so by doing out of state trips, Malax, you know, because of its walleye bands and stuff like that, really needs. Uh, or needed now they're they're doing good and things yeah, are doing better around. but you know to keep people into into cabins and it went again it went with my hospitality background to get people in there sure. get them into a resort everything's top of the line we're fishing with g luma shimano everything you know mm-hmm. and it's a trip that you know you come out and it, you know let me tell you something about it by only doing out-of-state trips means people have to fly in rent a car come up get a cabin for a few days yep. that's not cheap i can tell you that the pressure of making sure that they catch my 20 pounds a day that I want to put them on every single time we go out on the water definitely has its advantages as far as dealing with pressure tournament fishing. I could because see I that. do it day in and I do it day yeah. out and and they got thousands of bucks coming, you know, by the time or whatever they got into coming up to Minnesota to experience it and all that mm-hmm. and a few days on the water and I'm not the cheapest guide on the lake, I know, but I keep the resort, you know, keep the resorts few extra rooms a year and i don't take nothing away from the local guides that have been doing it for a long time and at the same time you get to showcase an awesome fisheries so yeah it's a slick time. deal i mean yeah. and, and on your point of the like um out of staters yeah. it's insane to me how like when i used to fish malax you know looking back like 10 years like my dad my mm-hmm. dad's a big walleye guy so we sure. go over there and like we'd walleye fish a little bit smallmouth fish a little bit every boat you saw would pretty much be like minnesota or like some Wisconsin, maybe sure. a few iowa boats yeah Man, now you drive by them boat ramps and it's like Arkansas, Texas, Illinois, yep. Ohio, Kentucky. Like, That's it's awesome. Just, it, it is kind of cool to see. Yep. And, and to your point, like the region needed it. It did. And, and yeah. you know what's nice is the lake can take it. You know, it's not nothing like Gunnersville, nothing like any of those. In fact, you know, Mille Lacs is still kind of a, a far way away from everybody. You know, yeah. I mean, I know I travel, I drive every, right, all of right. it. I know how many miles I put on. So it's just kind of out there on its own. And it can it can take the pressure just fine. It's a big lake, and uh, it's cool to see people come up and do it on their own. And then it's also you know sometimes for your first trip, sometimes it's good to come up and uh, you know just hire a guide and go out and let them show you how the, how the lake fishes because yeah. it is different than any any other place that we go yep. to. That's it for is, sure. For I sure. wish we'd have a tournament in my backyard. Oh One of these man. times would be sweet. I'd be all for it. That. Would be awesome. I've been poking Bill Taylor. Yeah, I'm telling, keep poking, <laughs> man. I like it. But he'll tell me that that uh, Cumberland's the better smallmouth oh, factory, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I got to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Two and a half, three pounds. Yeah, or like four, four and a half, some sixes. Five, yeah. Six. yeah, no doubt. Bill, Bill, it's his, he's got a soft spot. Oh yeah, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Um, I guess moving on. Final thing I want to go over since we're fresh off Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ned rig was a deal. Yeah, we're probably going to see some more Ned rigs at Champlain. I'm sure you're talking about guiding on lax. They eat a Ned rig there. Yep. Tell me about this uh, outcast head did yeah. you help design that i did i did you know we had some success with the golden eye and again we don't you know the swim bait the, head yeah the swim bed head badass we, it is way. thank you and the thing was for us is up north especially smallmouth is anytime you want a head you were looking for swim bed heads they'll have too big of hooks you know mm-hmm. we want that light line 12 pound test something like that yep little swimmers stuff like that uh and everything was big more meant for ledges and yes. so we wanted one that was smaller but at the same time you know, maybe a three eighths, half, three quarter, even ounce we have now in, the, in that head. And we kind of a, we kind of tried to make all the components perfect, and it was successful. With the Ned rig, the, the interesting thing about the Ned is is it's not it's 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 a not necessarily a fad bait at all. It catches big ones, mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about smallmouth or whatever. You know, they eat they want to eat four hundred minnows a day, where a largemouth <laughs> wants to eat two right, bluegills. Right. You know, so the thing about it is is everything just kind of mm-hmm. lands and then falls. 
every other bait lands and then falls on its side um the ned rig's different with that elastic and i'm no z-man guy at all um but they got something in the fact that it falls and then it comes back up it, yep. it's buoyant it comes up the problem is i played with it a lot like why is this thing so powerful you know and we even joked the, people can find stuff on me and seth talking trash about <laughs> not necessarily talking trash but just being like this is a jig worm we've been doing this a long time yeah. and it's not because that was the thing like why can't i just put you know why doesn't a, just a little three inch single have the same impact and it's because it doesn't have that buoyancy to come up yes. and the problem in the heads that i was finding was component wise you know hooks i wanted a sharp hook one of the best you mm -hmm. know what i mean uh keepers weren't quite right for what we liked but the sure. biggest thing is is as we started playing with them and you start getting away from just that small one if you want to like throw it at boulders and stuff out deep you got to go to a bigger head and the heads start to square puck and what would happen is and my tank testing was like why are these like this i'd notice that uh that either they'd put a lead keeper on it and that actually works against the plastic and makes it fall back oh. down. Sometimes if you get it to land right, it's buoyant, it'll stay up, but otherwise it'll fall back on its side. And, and then the heads will make a corner like a puck or a square. And so if they land on their side, I don't care how buoyant the plastic is, it can't get it to come back up. Oh, so sure. we played with it a lot, and we were starting to use round ball, like a round ball head mm -hmm. with the right hook, and we wanted bigger hooks and everything for different baits. And, uh, yeah, we just stumbled across, we, we came across that design, ended up putting a little flat spot on it. And component-wise, it's awesome. And I hear people, it's not the cheapest uh, Ned Rig, Ned Head, mm -hmm. or Jig Heads to buy, but we're not, I wasn't, a, you know, I wasn't looking for a thrifty deal. You right. know what I mean? I'm, I'm right. trying to win tournaments. I'm trying to win a lot of money, and I want the baits that, I want to I, I want to make the baits that I want to throw. For sure. And then on top of that, and Outcast kind of set us up for that and let us do that. And, cool. uh, yeah, we want people to win money on our baits, uh, not necessarily be thrifty on it, if that's your deal. You know, and, and I got other heads and stuff like that. But once I figured out just how much more dominant that that head could be, mm -hmm. uh, we really had something special. And we doing so far at, at uh, Cherokee, it really showed up. That had a few guys had it, and I believe they all left with, with paychecks. So, uh, so far, it's... it's Say no more. Right? Yeah, and they're sold out. So now we got we need more to come. But they'll be in. They'll be in. You're hearing it from me. They'll be in very very soon. And I know I know Shields Sporting Goods and Tack Warehouse and all those places. All the different dealers will have them. And for right now, OutcastTackle.com. And if you do order them, uh, uh, they're out. But they'll be in very soon at Outcast. And then they'll free ship them to you once they come Sweet. in. So definitely, it's worth it to throw in an order and get ahead of the game on it because the season's coming. I heard Malax is open. We're done with this. Uh, I heard that too. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to put my order in. Um, I guess I'm going to let you go. you got a meeting yeah. to get to. Um, I guess where can the folks follow you? Where can they get a hold of you for a, a guide trip on Malax if they want to yeah. do that? Just hit me with it. Everything is either through my website or through my, my Instagram or Facebook. Uh, it's pretty easy. It's either joshdouglasfishing.com, and you can get all my rates and information and contact me through email there. Or definitely just hit me up, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and that's Josh Douglas Fishing for uh, both of those. And uh, definitely hit me up right through there. And I do have some open dates. And once I know how the cup, you know, I know things are looking good, but I learned the hard way last year. Yep. That right when you yep. think you're in, you might not be in. So I'm not, I'm not making no plans for nothing. But at the same time, uh, you know, once I know for sure that that's a done deal, then I will uh, open up either open up dates, more dates, and then I'll kind of know my gotcha. schedule because I might want to go pre-practice Hamilton sense. if that works. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, well, Josh, I appreciate you joining us this week. Uh, good luck on Chick. Good mm -hmm. luck the rest of the year. Uh, man, I'll see you back in Minnesota. Yeah, heck yeah.